Hello everybody, welcome to Adventures in Wikipedia. Austin here to take you on an adventure in Wikipedia. Today we're gonna type in coffee. Coffee is a brewed drink prepared from roasted coffee beans, the seeds of berries from certain coffee species. The genus coffee is native to tropical Africa, specifically having its origin in Ethiopia and Sudan and Madagascar. Uh, there's a bunch of different other places that it's listing on here, but coffee plants are now cultivated in over 70 countries, primarily in the equatorial regions of the Americas, Southeast Asia, Indian subcontinent, and Africa. The two most commonly grown are C. arabica and C. robusta. Once ripe, coffee berries are picked, processed, and dried. Dried coffee seeds, referred to as beans, are roasted to varying degrees, depending on the desired flavor. Roasted beans are ground and then brewed with near-boiling water to produce the beverage known as coffee. Coffee is darkly colored, bitter, slightly acidic, and has a stimulating effect in humans, primarily due to its caffeine content. It is one of the most popular drinks in the world and it can be prepared and presented in a variety of ways. For example, espresso, French press, cafe latte. Really, those are the three? Um, anyways, um, I'm looking over here off to the side though, and it has a cup of coffee, a picture of a cup of coffee, and then it says type hot or cold, usually hot. Country of origin, Yemen is where the drink came from, whereas Ethiopia is where the plant came from. It was introduced in the 15th century in its black, dark brown, light brown, beige. So the earliest credible evidence of coffee drinking appears in modern day Yemen in Southern Arabia. In the middle of the 15th century in Sufi shrines, it was here in Arabia that coffee seeds were first roasted and brewed in a similar way to how it is prepared now. But the coffee seed had to be first imported from East Africa to Yemen. As the Coffee Arabica plant is thought to have been indigenous to the former. Yemenis traders took coffee back to their homeland and began to cultivate the seeds. By the 16th century, the drink had reached Persia, Turkey, and North Africa. From there, it spread to Europe and the rest of the world. So I'm going to click on Espresso. So this article is about the coffee preparation method and the resulting beverage. So Espresso is coffee of Italian origin brewed by expressing or forcefully or forcing a small amount of nearly boiling water under pressure through finely ground coffee beans. Espresso is generally thicker than coffee brewed by other methods and had or I'm sorry, it's generally thicker than coffee brewed by other methods has a higher concentration of suspended and dissolved solids and has crema on top. Uh, a foam with a creamy consistency. As a result, the pressurized brewing process, the flavors and chemicals in a typical cup of espresso are very concentrated. Espresso is also the base of other drinks such as cafe latte, cappuccino, cafe macchiato, cafe mocha, flat white, or cafe americano. Espresso has more caffeine per unit volume than most coffee beverages. But because the usual serving size is much smaller, the total caffeine content is less than a mug of standard brewed coffee, contrary 
to common belief. I'm going to read that again because I don't think I pushed that point home. Espresso has more caffeine per unit volume than most coffee beverages, but because the serving size is smaller, the total caffeine content is less than a mug of standard brewed coffee. So if I take a shot of espresso, you're actually getting less caffeine than a cup of coffee, right? Because the serving size. Although the actual caffeine t content of any coffee drink varies by size, bean origin, roast method, and other factors, the caffeine content of typical servings of espresso versus drip brew are 120 to 170 milligrams versus the 150 to 200 milligrams. So the range is even lower. Wow. Okay, so I'm going to click on Cafe Latte. A latte is a coffee drink made with espresso and steamed milk. The term as used in English is a shortened form of the Italian caffè latte, caffè latte or caffè latte, which means milk coffee. The word is also sometimes spelled latte or latte. These, the little accent mark on top of the E is going two different directions. I'm not, maybe one day we'll go into pronunciation and stuff like that, but that's not today. Hold on, I gotta zoom in on this article because my eyes are failing me. So the word is also sometimes spelled these different ways, blah, blah, blah. In English, with different kinds of accent marks, which can be uh, a deliberate attempt to indicate that the word is not pronounced according to the rules of English orthography. Okay, this is not where I wanted this to go. So in Northern Europe and Scandinavia, the term café à light has traditionally been used for the combination of espresso and milk. In France, café latte is mostly known, or is mostly known from the originally Italian name of the drink. Wow, they really did not get into this that well at the beginning of this, but whatever. It's spelled different ways. Congratulations. So, coffee and milk have been part of European cuisine since the 17th century. Café latte, milk café, café à light, and café con leche are domestic terms of traditional ways of drinking coffee, usually as part of breakfast in the home, public, public cafes in Europe and in the US. It seems to have no mention of the term until 20th century, although someone mentioned it in a coffee house somewhere. But um, I'm looking at it, they have a latte art where they you know draw the little pictures of leaves and stuff with the milk. And then uh, they have current use in Italy, cafe latte is almost always prepared at home for breakfast only. The coffee is brewed with a stovetop mocha pot and poured into a cup containing heated milk. Unlike the international latte drink, the milk in the Italian original is generally not foamed and sugar is added by the drinker, if at all. So outside Italy, cafe latte is typically prepared in a 240 milliliter, who cares, glass or cup with a standard shot of espresso. So that's, that's where we came to uh, from that. But this is the part that I wanted to get to. The cafe latte versus the latte macchiato. A cafe latte differs from the latte macchiato. In a latte macchiato, espresso is added to milk rather than the reverse. And cafe lattes have a stronger coffee flavor. The latte macchiato is milk steamed to microfoam served in a glass with a half shot of espresso poured gently through the foamy top layer, creating a layered drink with a macchia 
a spot of espresso on the top. As with the cafe macchiato, which the espresso, oh, it, which is espresso with a spot of milk at the top, indicating there is a hint of milk underneath the espresso foam. A latte macchiato is the opposite to indicate that there is espresso in the milk. Does that make sense? It better. So the big difference is where the milk is. Are you adding milk to the coffee or are you adding coffee to the milk? Although the term macchiato has been used to describe various types of espresso drinks, a cafe macchiato is three-fourths espresso and one-quarter steamed milk. A cafe macchiato is about two to three imperial fluid ounces and is usually served in a demi-tassy. <laughs> served in a demi-tassy. Tasse? That's, that's German for cup, I know that. But anyways, although a traditional macchiato is small, there are still ways to pour art into the crema of the drink. The only difference between pouring latte art and macchiato art is that the macchiato, the milk has to be poured faster through a much smaller stream, if that makes sense. <laughs> I'm glad we found that distinction. Um, so I'm going to... Go ahead and click on mocha. A cafe mocha, also called a mochiato, uh, is a chocolate-flavored variant of a cafe latte. Other commonly used spellings are mochiato or mochaccino. Sorry. Wow, I read that completely wrong. Well, no, it's right there, too. Mochaccino. The name is derived from the city of Mocha, Yemen, which was one of the centers of the early coffee trades. Wow, I had no idea. Let's just click on Mocha Yemen really quick. Actually, I don't even have to click on it. I'm just gonna hover over the link and let it let me know that Mocha is a port on the Red Sea coast of Yemen until Aden and Hodia eclipsed it in the 19th century. Mocha was the principal port for Yemen's capital, uh, Sinai. Sinai. Senai, it's hard to pronounce. It's got an apostrophe A. Don't know how to do that. Um, so anyways, the main ingredients to a cafe mocha, chocolate, espresso, and hot milk. Uh, there's also a white cafe mocha. Um, and this is not quite as interesting as the other true two, two. But down here, there's a list of coffee beverages. And... This is actually pretty interesting. Um, so right now I'm looking at a section that just says boiled or percolated. A coffee percolator is a type of pot used to brew coffee by continually cycling the boiling of nearly boiling brew through the grounds using gravity until the required strength is reached. So there are stovetop percolators and standalone units which contain a built-in heating element. Percolators were popular until the 1970s when they were widely replaced by the drip coffee makers. By mid-1970, many companies ceased production of percolators. So it, looking at Turkish coffee, uh, beans for Turkish coffee are ground into a fine powder. Preparation consists of immersing the coffee grounds in water and heating until it just boils. The method, the method produces the maximum amount of foam. If the coffee is left to boil longer, the less foam remains. In the Middle Age, or I'm sorry, not the Middle Ages, in the Middle East, four degrees of sweetness are used. The Turkish 
terms and appropriate amounts are as follows. Sade, plain, no sugar. As I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing these Turkish words, but I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna read those uh, out of respect for the language. Um, I'm just gonna tell you what they are. So there's plain or no sugar, little sugar, which has half a level teaspoon of sugar, and then there's medium sugar, which is one level teaspoon, and then there's a lot of sugar before boiling. The coffee and the desired amount of sugar are stirred until the coffee sinks and the sugar is dissolved. Turkish coffee is an intangible cultural... <sighs> Sorry, I'm having a hard time uh, reading this right now, just for reasons. Um, we already went over espresso. What is this one? Uh, Cafe Cubano. Cuban tradition is to drink coffee strong and sweet, often mixing the sugar with the coffee beans before even brewing it. The traditional method of brewing coffee was a filter method using a cloth cone. This has mostly been replaced with an aluminum coffee maker or cafeteria. Uh, in tourist areas, some cafes will have an espresso machine. Though espresso machines are expensive, uh, so espresso is not a common drink for most Cubans. Though the quality of coffee is growing in Cuba, it is expensive. For most, so most Cubans drink coffee imported from Puerto Rico, and it's often mixed with ground peas. Huh? I'm going to read that again. Though quality coffee is growing in Cuba, it is expensive. So most Cubans drink coffee imported from Puerto Rico and often mixed with ground peas. Okay. The Cuban habit of brewing coffee with sugar has spread to Miami, West Palm Beach, Tampa, and the Keys in Florida, U.S., where the espresso is preferred brewing method and an espresso brewed with sugar is termed Café Cubano, cu Cuban coffee or Cuban espresso. Cafecito, Cuban pull or Cuban shot. Sometimes uh, a very particular sugar is used. And I believe this is called demerara. Demerara. It's brown sugar. Um, well, it says white or brown. It's not brewed with the coffee, but is placed in the cup as the coffee is, coffee is dripped into it, then stirred into a froth. Combinations on the Miami Cafe Cubano are with a splash of milk, uh, cortadito, and with steamed milk, cafe con leche, which is... With milk. Cafe con leche. Cool. Cafe crema. Um, cafe with alcohol. A liquor coffee, as its name suggests, is a coffee brewed with a 25 milliliter shot of liqueur. This brew is usually served as a, oh, in a clear liqueur coffee glass with the coffee cream separated for visual and taste effect. The liquor of choice is added first with a teaspoon of sugar mixed in. The glass is then filled to within an inch of the top with filtered coffee. Slightly whipped cream may then be poured over the back of the spoon so that it floats to the top of the coffee and liquor mixture. This sugar is required in the coffee mixture to help the cream float. Huh. And then the top one they have on here is the Irish coffee. Let's click on this. It's got its own article. Irish coffee is a cocktail consisting of hot coffee, Irish whiskey, and sugar, stirred and topped with cream. The coffee is drunk through the cream. 
Originally, straight cream was used. Today, it's whipped cream is, or whipped cream is most common. Uh, this originated from different variations of coffee cocktails, and they predate the now classic Irish coffee by at least 100 years. From the mid-19th century, uh, the... I don't know how to say this word. Um, the... Ferrisier and Fiker were served in Viennese coffee houses. Both were coffee cocktails served in glass, topped with whipped cream. The former was also known in northern Germany and Denmark around that time. Around 1900s, the coffee cocktail menu in the Vienna cafes also included Kaiser Milan, Maria Theresa, blah, 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 these other crazy names. Um, this isn't taking it where I want it to go. But look, let's look at the preparation. Irish whiskey... And at least one, okay, so no, we're gonna take Irish whiskey and at least one level teaspoon of sugar, and, and they're poured over black coffee and stirred in until fully dissolved. Thick cream is carefully poured over the back of a spoon, initially held just above the surface of the coffee and gradually raised a little until the entire layer is floated. So you gotta float that cream over the top. And while we're here, let's just click on Irish Whiskey. It's whiskey made on the island of Ireland. The word whiskey is in Anglicization of the first word in the Celtic phrase. Uh, um, Sorry, I'm not Irish. I don't know how to pronounce this, but it means the water of life. Okay. Uh, the phrase was a translation of the Latin term aquavite, which was commonly used to describe distilled spirits during the Middle Ages. So peat is a rarely used, or no, peat is rarely used in the malting process so that the Irish whiskey has a smoother finish as opposed to the smoky, earthy overtones common to some scotches. There are notable exceptions to these rules in both countries. As an example, in uh, Cuna Maria Peat Irish Malt, double distilled whiskey from the Cooley Distillery in Riverstown, Cooley County, Luth Purse Whiskey from Purse Lions Distillery, Dublin, and as the yet unreleased whiskey from the Waterford Distillery. I read that completely wrong, but uh, I'm just going to keep reading. Irish whiskey was once the most popular spirit in the world though a long period of decline from the late 19th century onwards greatly damaged the industry. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's saying, like, it's still pretty freaking popular. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at the different ones. There's different colors. There's pale gold to dark amber, and then there's pot still Irish whiskey, malt Irish whiskey, grain Irish whiskey, and blended Irish whiskey. And uh, we're going to go ahead and scroll down here just a little bit and check out the resurgence. So production reached a nadir at about uh, 400,000 to 500,000 cases per annum during this period. And these terms, I feel like, should have some marks next to it to let me know what that means. Um, but I'm looking at all the Irish distilleries in Ireland... And there's actually an Alcoholic Beverage Federation of Ireland. 
And as of August 2017, there are 18 whiskey distilleries in operation in Ireland, Ireland, the island of Ireland. However, many of these are recently established and have not yet aged their own spirits for sale as whiskey. And I probably need to go back up here to the part where it has the origins because there's a part of uh, how it's made, but I don't see it. I don't see it. But uh, here's a list of all the different uh, breweries and there are quite a few. Um, so of these numerous ventures, only one, Bushmills, has remained in continuous operation until present day. Now, the Kibigan Distillery, established in 1757, uh, which was closed in 1954, reopened in recent years. But Bushmills is like the whiskey brewery, distillery, sorry. And I'm looking for a part that has Bushmills, because I wanted to read about Bushmills, but I don't see it. Bishop's Water Distillery in Wexford, 1827 to 1915. Huh, there's a lot. Nuns Island Distillery, 1846 or earlier till 1915. White Horse Distillery, named after a local river, is the, this distillery is notable as local folklore suggesting that either the distillery or its name were purchased by a Scottish whiskey firm in the 1800s. If true, this would mark an interesting turning point in the rise and fall of the whiskey industry in the respective countries. Wow, isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? So I'm clicking on malting process because they're talking about this. So malt is germinated cereal grains that have been dried in a process known as malting. So the grains are made to germinize by soaking in water and are then halted from germinating further by drying with hot air. So malting grains develop the enzymes required for modifying the grain starches into various types of sugar, including monosaccharide glucose, disaccharide maltose, trisaccharide maltose, and uh, higher sugars called maltodextrins. Wow, here we go. We're getting into some chemistry here. Um, uh, wow, I, I don't think there's any need to really read all that. So let's just look at the history. Malted grains have probably been used as an ingredient of beer since ancient times. For example, in Egypt, uh, China, in Persian countries, a sweet paste made entirely from germinated wheat called Samanu, Semenak, Sumalok, which is uh, prepared for new rose, whatever. I thought it was going to tell me more about this. Uh, Easter porridge is, is, a, is a Finnish lentil food cooked, for, um, cooked from rye malt and flour. Wow, this is not where I wanted to go. Uh, but uh, let's just look up rum just for fun. Like since we're going to talk about, you know, coffee and then we get into liquor 
we're gonna go to rum. So rum is a distilled alcoholic drink made from sugarcane byproducts, such as molasses, or directly from sugarcane juice. By a process of fermentation and distillation, the distillate, a clear liquid, is then generally aged in oak barrels. The majority of the world's rum production occurs in the Caribbean and Latin America. Rum is also produced in Australia, Portugal, Australia, uh, no, Austria. It says Australia, Portugal, Austria. Why would you not go in alphabetical order and say Austria, Australia? But it's in both of them, so whatever. Canada, Fiji, India, Japan, Nepal, New Zealand, Philippines, Reunion Island, South Africa, Spain, Sweden, Taiwan, Thailand, UK, and the US. So rums are produced in various grades. Light rums are commonly used in cocktails, whereas golden and dark rums were typically consumed straight or neat on the rocks or used for cooking, but are now consumed with mixers. Premium rums are also available, made to be consumed either straight or iced. Rum plays a part in the culture of most islands of the West Indies, as well as the Martimese and Newfoundland. This drink has famous associations with the Royal Navy, where it was mixed with water or beer to make grog, and piracy, where it was consumed as bumbo. I'm clicking on bumbo. Bumbo, also known as bombo or bamboo, is a drink made from rum, water, sugar, and nutmeg. Cinnamon, cinnamon is sometimes substituted for or added to the nutmeg. Modern bumbo is often made with dark rum, citrus juice, grenadine, and nutmeg. A relaxed drink is the Trader, <laughs> made with orange juice, rum, honey, and cactus, mixed and heated. Why have I never heard of this? Bumbo was popular in the Caribbean during the era of piracy, largely because it tasted better than the Royal Navy's grog. Pirates and short-haul Merchantmen did not suffer from scurvy as often as British sailors, largely because their voyages were shorter and their diet included plenty of fresh fruit and vegetables. This meant that citrus juice could be dripped from grog from the grog, grog recipe and sugar and nutmeg uh, sweetened the mix. So, bumbo was commonly used during election campaigns in colonial British America to the extent that when treating voters to gifts and other freebies during election campaigns, it was referred to as swilling the planters with bumbo. <laughs> what? George Washington was particularly noted for using this technique. His papers stated that he used 160 gallons of rum to treat 391 voters to bumbo during campaigning for the Virginia House of Burgesses, Burgesses in 1758. I'm going to read that again. George Washington was noted for using this technique. It states that he used 160 gallons of rum to treat 391 voters. Hold on, I'm pulling up a calculator just to see. So that's going to be 160 divided by Oh, I didn't even pull up my calculator. I'm just typing into my <laughs> typing into my search. Hold on, what was it? Um, 160 divided by 391. 160 divided by 391. That's like 
pretty close to half a gallon a piece. So 0 0.40 gallons a piece of just the rum. That's not even with the mixer. So I'm looking at the rest of this, this Bumbo cocktail. It's served straight up without ice. It's nutmeg and you serve it in an old fashioned glass. Hmm. I'm gonna do a different search on this. I'm gonna see how popular it is. Um, like if I were to do a, uh, why have I never heard of this? I mean, call me crazy. If you type up Bumbo, if you do a search for Bumbo, it um, brings up a bunch of kid seats. There's a Bumbo Bumbo seat that, you know, it's that little chair that you put on the ground that you can set babies in. <laughs> oh man, I probably need to put drink. Yeah, there we go. So there's, there's a bunch of different rums but then, yeah, there's the part right here. This is probably that article. Bumbo is a drink made from rum, water, sugar, and nutmeg. Cinnamon is substituted for or added to the nutmeg. Yeah, that's exactly what I just read. And then it's also uh, compared to the Bourbon Lancer, uh, the Curacao Punch, or Orange Tundra. I don't see how. Um, I'm looking at a picture of Bumbo, and it does not look bad. It does not look bad at all. Why is it that color though? I don't know of anything that would make it that color. And why is there an orange peel in it? Well, I guess it's a related drink is the Trader, which is made with orange juice, rum, honey, cactus. All right, well, I don't know if we want to end it just yet. Um, I think since we looked up grog and we've already checked out rum, let's go ahead and, uh, or not grog, what's the, bumbo. But there wasn't any, um, Beer and Bumbo. Or was there beer and Bumbo? I don't remember. But we're just going to look up beer. Let's look up beer. It's one of the oldest and most widely consumed alcoholic drinks in the world. And the third most popular drink overall after water and tea. Beer is brewed from cereal grains, most commonly from malted barley. The wheat, maize, and rice are also used during the brewing process, fermentation of the starches, sugars in the wort produced ethanol and carbonation in the resulting beer. Most modern beer is brewed with hops, which add bitterness and other flavors and act as a natural preservative and stabilizing agent. Other flavoring agents such as groot herbs or fruits may be included or used instead of hops. In commercial brewing, the natural carbonation effect is often removed during processing and replaced with a forced carbonation. Some of humanity's earliest known writings refer to the production and distribution of beer, the Code of Hammurabi, which includes laws regulating beer and beer parlors, and the hymn to Ninkasi, a prayer to the Mesopotamian goddess of beer, served as both a prayer and as a method of remembering the recipe for beer in a culture with few literate people. So they made it a song on how to brew beer. Wow. What do you know? So um, let's just check out the health effects of beer. 
So beer contains ethanol and alcohol, which has a short and long-term effect on the user when it's consumed. Different concentrations of alcohol in the human body have different effects on a person. The effect of alcohol or the effects of alcohol depend on the amount an individual has drunk, the percentage of alcohol in the beer, and the time span over which the consumption has taken place, the amount of food eaten, and whether an individual has taken other prescription, over-the-counter, or street drugs, among other factors. Drinking enough to cause a blood alcohol concentration of 0.03 to 0.12 typically causes an overall improvement in mood, and possible euphoria, increase in self-confidence and sociability, decreased anxiety, and a flushed red appearance in the face, an impaired judgment and fine muscle coordination, a BAC of zero, no, 0.09 to 0.25 causes lethargy, sedation, balance problems, and blurred vision, a BAC from 0.18 to 0.30, causes profound confusion, impaired speech, for example, blur, or slurred speech, staggering dizziness and vomiting. A BAC from 0 0.25 to 0.40 causes stupor, unconsciousness, amnesia, vomiting, and uh, respiratory depression, which is potentially life-threatening. A BAC from 0.35 to 0.80 causes a coma life-threatening respiratory depression, and the possibility of alcohol poisoning. As with all alcoholic drinks, drinking while driving, operating an aircraft, or heavy machinery increases the risk of an accident. Many countries have severe criminal penalties against drunk driving. Uh, just putting that in there kind of as a disclaimer, I feel it would be irresponsible to start getting everybody hyped up about drinking and then not point out the dangers. Um, but uh, here we are looking at the brewing process for beer. So the process of making beer is known as brewing. A dedicated building for the making of beer is called a brewery, though beer can be made in the home and has been for much of its history. A company that makes beer is called either a brewery or a brewing company. Beer made on a domestic scale for non-commercial reasons is classified as home brewing regardless of where it's made. Though most home-brewed beer is made in the home, brewing beer is subject to legislation and taxation in developed countries, which from the late 19th century largely restricted brewing to a commercial occupation only. However, the UK government relaxed legislation in 1963, followed by Australia in 72 and the US in 78, allowing home-brewing to become a popular hobby. So uh, the first step where the wort is prepared by mixing a, the starchy source, normally malted barley, with hot water, is known as mashing. Um, and I'm looking at the picture here. They got a hot water tank, malt, a mash tun, and then you got your hops, and then you got your copper, and then you get your back hops, and then there's a heat exchange, and then you add yeast to a fermenter, and then it goes into the bottle, a cask, or a keg. Um, I'm not going to read through the entire process of beer um, but it shows annual beer consumption per capita by country. And uh, there's a lot in uh, the U.S., Canada, Brazil. Uh, looks like, what country is that? Hold on, hold on, hold the phone. Um, so like North America is all blue. 
Okay, and this is the 100 to 125 liters. Uh, yeah, and that's this is a difficult map to kind of read. Um, beer consumption per capita by country, and this is beer consumption in liters. And I'm looking. There's like specific countries that really jump out. Um, the Czech Republic is a very dark blue. There's a little bitty dot. I don't know what country that is. What country is that? My geography is horrible. I don't even know if that dot is part of the map. But it's an island north of Madagascar and east. It's like out there. But it, it looks like there's some uh, African countries. What is that? Zimbabwe? Where's my map? I need a map. World map, what country is that? Because its shade of blue is indignant of massive beer consumption. Well, why is it not telling me? Why is this the map that it's bringing up? Just take me to the maps. Take me to the maps. Wow, and it took me to... Uh, I should have just stuck with Wikipedia here. Anyways, it doesn't matter. There are countries that drink beer. Okay, see now it's loaded. Um, no, that's Namibia. Namibia, and then here, let's find out what island that is off the coast of Africa, East Africa, just east of uh, Somalia. Oh, say Chili's, say Chili's. Am I saying that right? Oh, wow, that is a beautiful island. So, per capita, they drink a lot of beer. Hold on, let's look up Seychelles, Seychelles, God, I hope I'm saying that right. And I know I've already mentioned it. There's a lot of stuff I'm not going to pronounce properly. And hey, it's a good exercise to just get on Wikipedia, type anything in there, and then try to pronounce what you're reading. But the, the Republic of Seychelles is uh, French. That's the name. Um, but it looks like, officially, the Republic of Seychelles is uh, in archipelago country in the Indian Ocean, the capital of the 115 island country, Victoria, uh, lies 150 kilometers east of mainland East Africa. Other nearby island countries and territories include um, well, Madagascar, Reunion, and Marutius. Marutius to the south, as well as uh, Maldives. Uh, British Indian Ocean Territory to the east. It has a population of roughly 94,228. It has the smallest population of any sovereign African country. However, one of the highest per capita beer consumption rates in the world. I wonder if that's because of tourism. Not sure. And there's a 1953 stamp with the portrait of Queen Elizabeth II. Um... There are quite a few islands over here. And this is not nearly as uh, entertaining as I thought it was going to be. But um, I'm getting back to the beer part, to the article on beer. And let's just take a quick look at the brewing industry. Uh, the history of breweries in the 21st century has begun one of the largest breweries absorbing smaller breweries in order to ensure economy of scale. In 2002, South African breweries bought the North American Miller Brewing Company 
to found SAB Miller, becoming the second largest brewery after North American Anheuser-Busch. Hold on a minute. South African breweries bought the North American Miller Brewing Company. Miller Brewing Company is owned by... See, it says headquarters, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Parent is Molson Coors. And Molson Coors is a multinational brewing company formed in 2005 by the merger of Molson of Canada and Coors of the U.S. and is the world's seventh... Well, um, had to end that kind of quick, but anyways, I appreciate everyone that took the time out of their busy days and schedules, or not busy days and schedules, or, you know, whatever. Just thanks for listening. Nothing more, nothing less. Okay, I guess there is more. Um, If uh, you guys decide that uh, you want to say, hey, I wish I could support this podcast, there is a way to do that, Um, which if you have the money to, you know throw it a random podcast I'll, I'll leave it to you to know how to do that um uh everybody else i mean if you got some feedback hit us up on twitter at in wikipedia that's at sign in wikipedia uh write whatever you want like us follow us or or don't it's up to you it's uh it's your decision your choice and uh i'm gonna leave it at that i hope everybody has an awesome weekend um, maybe thinking about doing a special Super Bowl Sunday edition. Maybe not. Maybe we'll just do that after the Super Bowl. Um, and uh, I don't want to get too crazy with this, but uh, that's that's that. I guess there's a hockey game on tonight. I don't really watch a lot of hockey, but I might. Maybe we'll do a Wikipedia episode on that as well. But hey, uh, one last time, thank you for listening. I hope to know that you're like whenever someone listens to this on my little program it gives them a little tick so it just turns into a little number and, and I say just a little number it's not insignificant uh, I get tickled to death whenever it goes up by one um, actually as long as it's not zero I'm happy so uh, thanks again and thanks to everyone all right have a great weekend um, sorry my phone is locked and I can't stop it <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.